Sunday. Amen. Are you excited? Are you looking forward to what the Father has for you today? Amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you gave the Father praise that's beyond you? When is the last time you gave the Father a shout that's unlike you? Amen. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of that? I mean, is there something? It don't even have to be a lot. But is there something in your life worth rejoicing over that you dare to get outside of yourself? And if it's just for a moment that you give the father a shout, a hand raise, a clap, a jump, a run, a dance, something that's worthy of who he is. Come on, somebody. Woo! Yeah, now is the time. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Uh, whether you believe it or not, he's worthy of it. Whether you serve him or not, he's worthy of your praise. He said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. You got a reason to praise God. If you're breathing, if you're in your right mind, whether you're able to move every limb of your body or not, that's a reason to praise God. Amen. If you have the opportunity to say thank you, Father, that's a reason to praise God. Amen. And they ain't going to beat you up about it. <laughs> but I just want to let you know today that you have a reason to praise the Father. And you don't have to do it in the company of this place or even myself. But some of the best praises. Woo! Some of the most in, in uninhibited praises are when we are alone. When ain't nobody else in the house but you. Because <laughs> ain't nobody got to worry, but you ain't got to worry about what you look like. And if you're saying you ain't got to worry about what you sound like. I think that's why we have so many wonderful shower singers. Because you're the only one in the shower. And you think the water covers your voice and nobody can really hear the bad notes. <laughs> Amen. But the things that you do in secret will manifest themselves in the open. So if all you, so if the first thing you have, if the first kind of praise that you have is a secret praise in your closet, ain't nothing wrong with that. Make that the best praise that you can possibly muster. Even if you are open worshiper, even if you are open praiser, that secret place that you go to where there's nobody but you and him, Woo. that's an awesome place. That is an awesome place. And sometimes it might even get scary because it ain't nobody but you and him. <laughs> but that's how you know he's the closest to you. See, I never known anybody to come in the presence of God 
and be totally comfortable with it. I ain't never read about the greatest of prophets that come into the presence of God and stand boldly and say, yeah, I'm in the presence of God. No. There was always a trembling and a fear. There was always an awe in the magnificence of who he is. So if you ever go into that secret place and it gets a little bit scary, woo, that's okay. That just means he's near. You just keep worshiping him. Amen. I just wanted to encourage you with that today. Amen. And um, I just first want to take the time to give honor to this house and the man of this house and the woman of this house. And in their absence and even when they're present, I, I have learned to honor them. Amen. I honor this opportunity to stand before you and to share what God has for you through me. Amen. And I'm going to do my very best to take my time and not get ahead of myself. But at the same time, I'm not going to hold you too long. That's not a promise. That's just an intent. <laughs> I'm glad you understood that. <laughs> but um, I was asked today to speak to you about something that um, my wife and I um, came across. Honest, we have been... Uh, we have been doing some things, you know, checking our lives, um, improving ourselves, you know, and so we have set aside a time where she and I come together and we sit down and, you know, we, we uh, listen to some things. And, and, uh, and a couple of weeks ago, we were doing that. We were sitting down. We was listening to a young man. Um, and he had a guest speaker on there, and he was talking. And uh, one of the comments he made that really caused my ears to stand up, he used the term beautiful boundaries. And I thought when he said that, it immediately struck a chord in me, and I thought beautiful boundaries. And... And what he was talking about was that many times the people, whether it be the people of God, whether it just be people in general, we have created beautiful boundaries for ourselves. And he went to, on to explain that because you think, you know, you really don't think too much of it when it's first said, but he went to explain it in this way. He helped me to understand. He said, when you go to the zoo and you see the lion, you see the gorilla, you see the giraffes, and you see all these magnificent animals in a created enclosure for them. And, and then our first thought we was think, because I know I did, I, I used to think, man, that lion got a maid in the shade. All he has to do is roar and be a lion, eat steak every day. Don't have to worry about another lion coming to take over his kingdom. And he gets to live sometimes 10 to 15 years longer than the, than the average lion 
who's in the wild. But when he said that, he helped me to immediately understand that though that may be true, the things that I said may be true, but they are beautiful boundaries. boundaries. That lion would never truly be a lion. That lion roar would never truly mean what it means to be a lion and roar in the jungle. And no matter how good it seems, he could never travel for miles and mark his territory and say, I am the king of this jungle. And when he said that, it made me go, wow. How incredible is that thought? That I can live in a place or I can accept my imprisonment because the walls are painted. See, it's easy to know I'm in prison when the walls are gray and all the wall, all the my doors made of bars, my windows a few, and my meals are terrible. <laughs> then I know, uh-uh, this is not the place for me. Then I, it feels like a prison. It feels like a place that has brought me boundaries. It feels like a place that hasn't closed me and hasn't trapped me and has caused me not to be free. But here's the thing about it. Now, animals would never do that to themselves. So a zoo, of course, is man-made, and, and that animal's been taken out of his will and placed in that zoo. I don't think, if I could get into the mind of, of an animal, I don't think there will ever be an animal that would volunteer not to be wild. Oh, I live in a zoo? Yeah, I like that. That's nice. <laughs> I've never known a lion, I mean, and I'm speaking from my imagination, y'all. But I cannot imagine a lion who will pass up the opportunity to be king of his own pride someday. The whole life cycle, the whole structure of a lion is designed to one day be king somewhere. And to take that and, and, and to just give that up, even as a son, I can't imagine a son that says, man, I'm just going to live with my mom and dad all my life, never going to get married, never going to, uh, I don't want to do that, I don't want no car. If they don't make me, I ain't going to get a job. I'm just going to sit in my, uh, in my basement or wherever that might be in my room and play video games, and that's all I'll never be. I don't want to be a father. I don't want to be a husband. That's a poor son. I don't never want to inherit the things that my father has for me. That would be a pitiful son. I would be ashamed to have a son that had that mindset. Matter of fact, I would be ashamed to be a father that, that had a son that had that mindset. Because that meant I didn't do something right. But here's what happened. 
And so when we think about the term beautiful boundaries, the word beautiful in that sense is really an oxymoron because there's no such thing as a beautiful boundary. But beautiful can be replaced with uh, tricky, illusionary, uh, you know, uh, what's another word, just a lie, you know. It could be one that uh, has bamboozled us, has tricked us to believe. But the most important thing is no one took you from your inheritance and placed you in that. You built those boundaries for yourself. And you painted the walls. You put curtains on the windows. You put pillows on the bed. And you put carpet on that hard cement floor. And you called it beautiful. And what am I talking about? I am referring to the place that you dwell in when it comes to your relationship with the Father. And see, I know, uh, you know, we think about it in, 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 in this house, you know, we are, many of us are go-getters. We are, we are excited when we are uh, faced with the next challenge. But at the same time, so many of us, we, we shun the next challenge. I don't want to be challenged anymore. See, because you can get, you can come to a place that you think it's okay. I'm okay here. I can live, this, this is pretty good right here. I can live in this forever. I ain't the father of you will do nothing else for me. This is enough. And, and, and you know, and that's funny because I grew up in a place where that would, that would be said sometimes. You know, father, if you never bless me again, I'm okay. You, you've done enough. If you never... Do anything else for me, you've done enough. And in theory, I understand where that's coming from. I understand the heart of it. But the reality of it is, it's entrapment. It's a lie. Because there's never enough that the Father can do for you. He never runs out of blessings or ideas or purpose for you. You limit yourself as to what God wants to do for you and what he will do for you when you begin to build beautiful boundaries. Amen. So let's talk about a little more. A boundary, a physical boundary is defined. A line that marks limits of an area. A dividing line. Something that indicates or fixes the limit or the extent of something. You know, we have boundaries on our property. You know, this is my property line. You know, if you ain't careful, you and your neighbor get hate each other because you put your fence on the wrong side of the property line. You know, I been through that. <laughs> I don't. I didn't hate them, but you know, it, but that was that was the issue. You know. Hey, we're going to put up the gate in there. We need to make sure that, you know, we're on the right side of the property line. Well, in my heart, I would have been like, well, get close enough, you're okay. You know, I'm okay with that. You know, but their heart was, no, man, we got to make sure 
we get this right and we got to have it here. We, I said, well, do what you got to do, brother. You know, and that's okay. You know, and we'll be all right. And for me, I felt that y'all were so small in the back anyway. Why put up a gate? Let's just keep our yards clean and pleasant and keep it open. Let's be cool. You know, let's be neighbors. Let's expand our boundaries. You know, let's be all right with that. But that wasn't enough. That wasn't what they desired. Also, but we also have personal boundaries. Um, and there are guidelines and rules that limit, that limits that a person creates to identify, to identify reasonable, safe, and permissible ways for others to, uh, excuse me, I'm trying to see this, y'all, to behave toward them and how they will respond when someone passes those limits. So when we talk about limits, nine times out of ten, we put up fences, we put up walls, we put up, uh, we do what we have to do, not simply because they're beautiful, but because I want to keep me in and I want to keep you out. And I'm going to put a fence, I'm going to put a little gate there. So whenever the right person comes up, I open the gate for them. But whenever somebody I don't want to see comes up, I ain't going to open the gate for them. I don't want them to feel like they could just walk up to my door. I might even put a beware dog sign on there. You know? <laughs> don't even own a dog, but I'm going to put it up there because I don't want you walking in my gate in a kind of way. And we do that personally. We do that um, as people. We do that. You know, we can be cool with certain people. And we're not so cool with others. And sometimes, same to say here, even in, in 2022, we still are not comfortable because that man, he ain't the right color. His, his, his speech or his vernacular is not right. He don't talk the way I talk. He don't walk the way I walk. He might be of the same color, but he don't seem to come from the same place where I come from. Oh, he think he all high and mighty. Or, oh, he, he, man, he look like trash. <laughs> and, and we see that, and we say that flippantly, but not understanding those are boundaries. Those are the boundaries that we have set for ourselves. Those are the boundaries that we have set and how we determine how we're going to deal with the other person or someone we may not know. Okay? So in this time, in this place that we're in, if we are, if we are a body who desires to what? To preach the gospel, to minister to those who are lost, to be one, uh, 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 have a gospel of salvation, then guess what? We can't, we can't see. We can't do that with boundaries. There's no way I can re-minister the gospel truly and have boundaries. Christ did not have boundaries. There was no place that Christ would not go because he didn't have boundaries. Had he had boundaries, he never would have sought with the sinner. The sinners never would have received the gospel. Matter of fact, you and I, 
never would have received the gospel. Had he had boundaries, had he saw us the way we see people sometimes, had he judged us the way we often judge people, when we forget how precious the gospel is on the inside of us, when we forget how free and how freely given it was to us, we take it and we build beautiful boundaries around our gospel, around our salvation. And we think, oh, you don't look like me. You don't walk like me. You're not on the same status as me. So you don't deserve this gospel the way I do. Man, you don't have a job. Go get a job. Get off the corner. Uh-oh. Stop begging. Put your sign down and get a job. Go fill out an application. I'm guilty of that one. I've said it many times. I, I, I'll be honest and I repent. And I have repented of that. I used to say, man, if you can stand on that corner eight hours, you need to go get a job. You can work at McDonald's and, and make french fries for eight hours if all you need to do is stand. But I'm wrong for that. I was totally wrong for that. And then, and, and because I justified that that way, I said, you don't deserve my dollar. But who am I to judge a man by what he does or how he presents himself and say, you don't deserve my dollar? Who are we to judge a man and to say, you don't deserve my gospel. You don't deserve my God. Because of the boundaries that I've set for myself. And see, let me tell you something. Those boundaries don't just work from you to that person. But they also work from God to you. And, and let me slow down because I'm getting ahead of myself when I say that. But let's talk about one other thing, and then we're going to really get down to it. Let's talk about fear. Because fear, if we're honest, is really the reason we put up fences. We put up boundaries. Not because I look better than you or you may look better than me. You're tall, I'm short. Not because of that. It's because I fear you. I'm afraid that I might learn something about myself. And so therefore, I just don't deal with you because I don't want to go there. I don't even want to have to recognize that part of me. So I've created a boundary within me and not hide that. And so many times, these boundaries can look like the fact that I'm not satisfied with the way I look. Oh, come on, somebody. How many times we stand in the mirror and we start <laughs> and we start pulling stuff in? <laughs> you know, we comb over. <laughs> Woo! Come on, somebody. How many times we 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 start pulling our face back? Come on. 
You know what I mean? We were squeezing our neck. Yeah, if I could just get rid of this. And, and boy, if I could get rid of that. If I could pull this up some. And, come on. We do it. We do it. It seems minor. And it seems, you know, trivial. But it's a boundary. It's a boundary that we've created for ourselves. And when we see people who may have it pulled up, who may have it tucked back up, just naturally, and we see them and we judge ourselves accordingly and we find ourselves falling short. Man, I wish I looked like that. Woo, I wish I had that waist. Man, I wish I had that chest and shoulders like that. Come on. And so we find ourselves not being worthy of something. Not being worthy of being beautiful. Not being worthy of being uniquely made in his image and in his likeness. It causes us to fall short of the glory of God. When I look at myself and I put boundaries on my own appearance. I can't be blessed. I can't be filled with joy and happiness. I can't be filled with the peace that goes beyond my own understanding because myself does not deserve it. Because my belly too big. You know my hairline go back too far. My chest don't stick out far enough. And don't get me wrong, there's some things we can, we can do about that. <laughs> we can change those things. We can, can't we? Stop eating so much. One, eat the right things. Eat more of the right things. So I learned that sometimes it ain't so much that you deprive yourself, but you just got to eat more of the right stuff. Become more active. You know, put more time in. And if you want that chest to stick out, man, you got to do, you got to do something about it. You got to do like my, my sons do. They're in the gym early in the morning. They're in the gym right after work. They're putting the time in. They're doing what it takes. I can't, you can't be sitting on the couch watching them do what they're doing and think, man, I got, woo, I got to tighten up. Because <laughs> that's all it ever be. You just always have to tighten up. But until you get up and tighten up, you'll just be on that couch. Dang, boy. Woo. Got to tighten up. Got to get in there. <laughs> Same thing, ladies. If you don't start doing what they, what they call them, you don't start doing no, you know, you don't start putting it in. You ain't going to never get that tuck. You ain't going to never get that tightness. You got to do it. Something has to be done. And when you do, you begin to prove to yourself that I am worthy. Believe it or not, when you go in and you put it in and you feel that soreness, man, that almost makes you feel good. Oh, I put it in. Look at me. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that right here. 
<laughs> I ain't going to call their name. But somebody I know, <laughs> when they started getting it in, they would always come up. I ain't going to say where they was coming from. That might give it away. <laughs> but they would always make an appearance. And they would do this. Oh, look at that. Look at that, Daddy. Look at that. Uh-oh. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> but they, they would talk about the tightness. They would talk about the soreness. Because it honored them to know that I'm putting in the effort that's changing me. That's changing the way I feel about myself. It's tearing down beautiful boundaries. So now... When I go to a place and when I'm in a place, guess what? I'm not afraid when you look at me. I'm not afraid to have engaged conversation with you because I'm confident about who I am. See, boundaries will cause you to stand in a corner and not engage. Boundaries will cause you to hold the word in and never speak what the Father has placed in you. We were talking about fear. Fear is a dual-natured thing. Fear causes you to be afraid, and it causes you to doubt. You can't be afraid or have fear and, 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 and not be afraid and not doubt. They coincide. That's fear negatively. So when I fear... I'm afraid and I have doubt. So guess what I do? I put up a wall in that area. Why? Because I never want to be afraid again. We fear fearing. I don't want to have to ever be afraid. Now, if you're like me, one of the things that, that, uh, that brings me a sense of fear are, are roller coasters. Yeah, I don't like roller coasters. You know what I don't like about the roller coaster? I don't like the drop. I can do the loops. I can do the turnover. I can do the backwards, all that stuff. But when it comes to the drop, that moment where you go, and then you stop, and it gives you a moment to look over. Messes me up. It totally does. And no matter how many times people say, don't hold your breath. You got to scream. You got to let it out. It's going to be okay. I never get it. I always hold my breath. I always clench tight. And I always close my eyes because I don't want to see it. And it hurts. <laughs> it hurts when your stomach drops and you like... <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't like it. I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. And, and that's a fear I'd rather avoid. So it's a simple boundary, but one of my boundaries are, is I don't get on roller coasters. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Amen. I don't get on roller coasters because that's a fear I don't want to face. But what about the fears I can't avoid? So if I can't avoid it, or, I, or it's not, um, 
It's one of those things that's just a part of life. Then guess what I do? I build a wall. And I don't just put any old ugly wall. I, I, I fill that wall with excuses as to why I should not have to uh, deal with this situation. I'm shy. I'm bashful. You know, I don't really um, know how to uh, approach people or talk to people like you do. Girl, you're so good at it. Man, you really know how to, you really know how to talk. You know, but I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not that person. So I have built the wall that keeps me from knowing you. But most of all, my wall prevents you from knowing me. And even greater, my wall prevents the Father from pouring in and blessing me and causing my territory to be expanded. That's what the beautiful boundaries do to you. Woo. You know what? I am. Um, I got to do this one. I got to do this one for you. And if you can, let's go to uh, Exodus 32, verse 7. 7 through 14, and we're going to um, read this, and we're going to kind of go through this. And I can't take full credit for this in saying that, man, I'm just so anointed that I was able to pull this out by myself. But uh, I remember one day, when, uh, one Sunday, Steve was preaching, and we was talking about, you know, the children of Israel and their exodus, and they're coming out and ascending the mountains. You know, we was talking about who shall ascend. You know, the man who has what? Clean hands and a pure heart shall be able to ascend. But because he was focused on that, he made a quick comment as to say, Moses didn't get all that he should have. And he moved away from it. And he moved away from that thing. And I thought, wait a minute, bro, you can't say that <laughs> and leave that alone like that. But it, it, it jumped out at me when I began to, when I was asked to uh, speak this message to you today. So I'm going to read it and I'm going to take my, we're going to read it together and I'm going to take my time. And, and, and I'm going to hope that you see what I see or that we saw or that I, get, I gleaned from what was said, okay? And I want you to glean from it too. Exodus 32, verse 7. And it says, then, said, then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. And you know, it's funny. I, I kind of giggled when I read that part, because... I want you to know, son, it, it, we didn't start it. Uh, Yahweh did. You know, when your children mess up, all of a sudden they ain't yours, they hers. <laughs> Man, you see what your child, you see what that boy just did? What is wrong with your son? You know, <laughs> this is where that comes from. You know, we, we give it to the other parent. I don't want nothing to do with that foolishness. Well, excuse me. <laughs> Go down because your people, whom you brought out of Egypt, have become corrupt. <laughs> they have been quick to turn away from what 
I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, these are your God, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. This is what they did. Moses is on the mountain. He's visiting. He's talking with God. But you know what? He, was, he took too long. I don't think he's coming back. He's probably dead up there. So we. So instead of inquiring of the father, where is Moses? We decided, no, we're we going to replace Moses. Not only in replacing Moses, but in replacing Moses, we created a boundary. See, now we have a God that we can see, that we can touch, one that we can communicate with, one that we can walk in the presence of and not have to worry about what's going to happen to us when I do. See, and we made it beautiful, took up all our gold and gave it up, gave up something precious too, to create something that was worthless. Whew. Come on, somebody. Beautiful boundaries will cause you to give up something precious for something worthless. Only because it brought you a false sense of comfort. Now here it is, I have a God that I can sacrifice to and I can worship, but he can't even talk back to me. He has nothing wise to say to me. He has nothing good for me. Some of us have friends like that. Oh, they make me feel good. They know how to make me laugh. They have so much fun and all this stuff, but they add nothing to you. Matter of fact, they contradict everything you're about. But because it's more comfortable to allow them to continue to be friends than it is to remove that boundary, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be bored. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. You'd rather hold on to the worthless thing. You'd rather take what's precious about you and you give it to something that can't even answer you back, that can add nothing to you. All right. Brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people. The Lord said to Moses, and they have a stiff, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone. Listen, 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 listen to this. This is what's important about this. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them that I may destroy them. Immediately, fear and doubt had to rise up in Moses. He allowed fear and doubt to create a boundary in him between God's wrath and the people. Listen to what I'm saying now. You thought, and you know, when I, when I used to read that, I used to think, oh, how merciful and mighty was a man, was Moses, as a man that 
he will intercede for the people and keep the father from destroying them. Well, here's a, here's a spoiler for you. They died anyway. They all died anyway. They never made it to the promised land. They died a slow agony death, 40 years, 42 years, I believe it was. And not now one of them made it in there anyhow. Now, not none of them made it in there anyway. <laughs> but he said, now leave, now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them that I may destroy them. Then, now here's the promise. He didn't leave Moses without a promise. He said, then I will make into you a great nation. That was the promise without boundaries. I will make it. I'm going to destroy this. I'm going to remove that friend. I'm going to remove these boundaries from your life. I'm going, in other words, see, here's, here's the thing that Moses wasn't comfortable with. Moses, I'm going to expose you. I'm going to cause you to feel like you're all alone out here. I'm going to cause you to be exposed and to, and to be naked. Which brings me, my mind, to the garden of Eden. When my father asked Adam and Eve, who told you you were naked? See, they chose to run and hide and cover themselves and create a beautiful boundary before themselves. Father, we heard you in the garden, and so we ran and hid because we were naked. Who told you that you were naked? And so here's Moses in this naked moment. He has an opportunity to be naked, to be exposed, to be alone, but it didn't feel good. And I don't want to be naked in the presence. Not of you, but watch this. Here's what Moses did. Here's his reasoning. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God, and he began to, uh, and, he, and Moses began to draw boundaries. That's me talking. And here's what he did. He said, Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power? Now, see, he, he, he's kind of buttering the Lord up. You know what I'm saying? He ain't stupid now. Lord, you did this. They ain't my chilling. This your chilling. You know, you brought them. A, hey, man, you told me to go get them. This your chilling, you know. And you done all that, and now you better burn them up. Don't burn them up. Come on, let's talk about this. <laughs> and you better burn them up with the mighty hand. And why should the Egyptians say, watch this, how many times have you not done what the Father told you to do? How many times have you not danced the dance, shouted the shout, praised the praise, because you was worried about what the person next to you is going to say or how somebody is going to perceive you. And this is what Moses did. He said all that to the Father, and then he said, why should the Egyptians say? It was with evil. 
evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth. What they going to think? We put the Egyptians through all of that. We even killed their firstborn. And here you are. You fit to go in here and wipe the people out, which you brought out with your mighty wondrous power. <laughs> Think about all the plagues, Father. Think about all that we done, man. We even crossed a Red Sea on dry land. Come on. To get away from those Egyptians. And now you fit to allow them to be able to say, Oh, man, I could have left him alone. He killed him anyway. That's what Moses said. This was his argument. This is how he built the boundary. But not realizing, not only did his boundary keep the children of Israel in, but he kept the greater blessing of the Father out. You got to think about this thing. What if he would allow God to take him out? Sometimes he, he sometimes that's how uh, the wife is with the father, with the husband. Man, okay, I'm for the man. They have done it. Where, where my belt? Wait, where, 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 if these children see tomorrow, they bless. <laughs> and the mom say, "Oh, honey, now come on, you got to calm down." You got to come. You can't whoop them children now. You're too angry. Should have let me whoop they butt. <laughs> we wouldn't have to go through this. But no, all right, we get it. We understand that scenario. But that's what Moses did. He said, oh, no, don't, don't, don't wipe them out this time. Just, just come on, forgive them. Have peace on them. And so what Moses did was created a boundary between the father and them. Not only did he create a boundary between them and the Father, he created a boundary between him and the Father. Now, what if Moses had allowed God to wipe him out? He probably would have made it to the promised land. Because he created a boundary, it kept him from from receiving the fullness of God's blessing out of all that he did afterwards. Man, he cleaned up his act afterwards. Man, he went in there, he started doing the things that the father told him to do and how the father told him to do. But it wasn't enough. Why? Because he had a boundary. You got to be careful about your boundary. And it may look good and it may feel good and it may sound good. And it may allow you to do what's pleasing to the father in a sense. But it keeps you from the promise. Those same stiff-necked people. Excuse me, y'all. Kept Moses out of the promised land. They were the same ones when they got to to the place where they were thirsty. They began to complain again. Man, you brought us out here to let us die. I was better off with my beautiful boundaries as an Egyptian slave. At least every day I knew where I was going to eat and sleep. I knew what to expect. I knew what my life consisted of. And I was okay because I was all right 
praying and moaning to God and asking him to deliver me. I'd rather be burdened with a burden that causes me to pray and ask God to deliver me than to live in deliverance. Come on, somebody. I see, I know I ain't lying, I see it all the time. We'd rather be burdened. We'd rather have the need to call on the Father and live under that burden than to live delivered. That's what religion does to us. It causes us to live under a burden so that we always feel like we need God. But when are you going to be convinced that God is so big, there's so much to him, that no matter how free you may be, no matter how many boundaries, boundary lists it is in your life, you are not big enough never to need God. There's not a blessing big enough that God can't bless me with something greater. My boundaries causes me not to experience the higher round. If every round goes higher and higher, what good am I doing to dwell in this place? No matter how good it is. Sometimes we got to cut the good thing loose. Oh, I know. I know that sound funny right there. I know that sound funny right there. But sometimes, whoo, yes, sometimes we got to cut the good thing loose. Oh, this too good right here. It can't get no better than that. Man, that's a lie. Test me and see. Try me and see. If you don't think it can get any better, I dare you to move away from it. Woo. I dare you. Yeah. I dare you to move into something else. I dare you to expose yourself. I dare you, Moses, to be naked for a moment. Let my anger destroy stiff-necked people. And I know when Moses was talking, God was, Yahweh was thinking, boy, if he only knew. And 40 years ain't now one I'm going to make it anyway. But your boundaries will cause the blessings of God not to reign and to rule in your life. You don't keep things out. I mean, you're not keeping things out, but you're keeping yourself in. And you have put a lid on your cup. And you have not allowed the Father to continuously pour into you all the many things that he has. He is an endless resource. There's no end to his blessing. <laughs> I just got, have one more quick thing to say. And if you want to read about it, it's coming from Acts 9, Acts 10, 9 and 16. And it was where Peter had just got in from a long trip and he went up to the roof and he was praying on the roof and, and it says that he went into a trance. And when he went into that trance, the father 
lowered down for him animals that they would consider unclean, you know, for his culture and that they should not eat. And three times the father showed Peter these animals in this sheep. And Peter's, Peter tried to build a boundary. His boundary, oh no, man, I will never eat that. I never put no unclean thing in my, toward my lips. Sounded good. But it was a boundary. And what if Peter had a stuck to his boundary? But because, I don't know, it, I, I, it says it had something to do with the third time. I don't know what happened. But it was the anointing of God. It was the fact that Peter had something on the inside, working on the outside of him, that caused his mind to be changed. See, if you will allow yourself, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, allow the Holy Spirit to change on the inside what is on the outside, some boundaries will be broken. And because Peter allowed those boundaries to be broken. Peter don't call nothing I made unclean, man. That's what the father said to him. And that thing on the inside of Peter said, okay. I won't do it. And right at that moment, three of Cornelius' uh, servants had came in and they were looking for Peter and they found Peter. And they came and got Peter and they brought Peter back to the house of Cornelius. Now here's the thing. Cornelius was an unclean thing according to the boundary. Peter was not a Jew. He was Greek. He was a Gentile. According to my boundary, Peter did not, uh, not Peter, but Cornelius' house did not deserve the salvation that's living in me. He don't deserve this Holy Spirit. See, that's what Peter's boundary used to be. You don't deserve this Holy Spirit. You don't deserve this precious thing that I have in me. But because Peter was not afraid, he allowed the Holy Spirit to tear down a boundary. He went with the, he went with the three. And when he got there, they said he preached the message. And he began to share that beautiful thing on the inside of him with those who were believed not to deserve it. Wow. Said, by the, uh, said all of Cornelius' house and thousands heard the gospel. They received the gospel. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And when other men like Peter, who had a certain boundary, came, they were amazed, and they said, man, these people are doing what we did on the day of Pentecost. And they're not even Jews. What's up with that, baby? <laughs> they could have turned and walked away. And no doubt, somebody did because they didn't want to let down their boundary. But many and most of them allowed their boundaries to be dropped. 
And because of their boundaries being dropped, guess what? The gospel was spread. People were saved all across this world. So what am I saying to you? Drop your boundary. I don't care how beautiful it looks. Your boundary ain't no good for you. It has imprisoned you. It has caused someone else not to know the Father as you know the Father. It has caused you not to know the fullness of the blessing that the Father has for you. You know, I, I love it. I even read again real quickly, and I'm going to be through. There was a place where the children of Israel, Moses had led them all the way up to the Jordan. And the promised land was on the other side of the Jordan. That was the promise on the west side. But, and I'm not, you know, I, I, I didn't really get into this one because I wasn't totally sure on where I stood with it. But I do know this for a fact, that there were some of the tribe, I think Reuben was one of them, Gad, and half of Manasseh, they decided, you know, they told Moses, now, I don't want to cross over the Jordan. I want to stay on this side because look at all this green grass. And we have such big herds of cattle and all that stuff. We got so many sheep and all these things. And all this green grass can support us. So we don't want to cross over with you. We're going to be satisfied over here. We're going to build a boundary over here. And again, here's a place where I feel like Moses allowed boundaries to be built. At first, he was disgusted with him. He said, man, so when we go over here and we get ready to fight, y'all going to be over there? Y'all ain't going to come over and help us fight? Oh, no, Moses, no, we ain't going to do it like that, player. We ain't going to leave you hanging. <laughs> we're going to come over. We're going to help you, you know, wipe them out. And then when we wipe them out, we're going to come back on over here because this way we'd rather be. We don't want to be in the land of milk and honey. But I just want to be over here where there's plenty of green grass. It sounds good. And when you look at it, and the area wasn't small. It was big. They even conquered some kings while they was over there. But their boundaries did not allow them to cross over the Jordan and to experience the land of milk and honey, the greatest part of God's blessing for them. See, we can't get caught up in what's good right now. We can't get caught up in a beautiful thing right now. It may look good, and it may be good. It may be wonderful for the two years that we dwelled over here. Two years we dwelled over here, and these green plush lands fed, all our cattle and all that stuff. And now it's time to cross over I don't want to give this up, I'm, so we're going to stay over here. Me and these people, we're going to stay over here. We'll help you over there, but we're going to stay over there. And because you chose to help us, sure, you was blessed in that. Moses, again, went to the Father and created a boundary for them to be able to exist in this place. But you mean to tell me that the land of milk and honey 
who had grapes the size of basketballs didn't contain enough, more than enough, to feed the lapilli amount of cattle that you have? Why choose to stay because it looks good or it feels good or you think it's going to be okay? Don't allow yourself not to experience the fullness of the Father because you've created a beautiful boundary for yourself. Know that your Father is an endless supply. Know that there's nothing that he cannot do. Know that there's no blessing that he cannot top. There's no place in God that's not greater than the place before. There's no place you can go that's not going to be better than the place you were. Tear down the boundaries. Allow yourself to be blessed like you've never been blessed before. Allow the fear that is positive, the fear that comes with trembling and awe. To overtake you because every time you walk into the presence of the Father, every time you go beyond a boundary that could have been set, you are going to see the Father and it's going to cause a fear that causes trembling and awe. And you're going to be amazed. And you're going to always say, man, I thought it didn't get no better than this. I thought I had it all. But my God, woo, look what you have done for me. Amen. 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 Come on and bless him. <laughs> Amen. That's right. Come on and praise him. Hallelujah. Woo. Yes. Come on. Yes, sir. That, that, that fear, the negative connotation of it is dios meaning dual dual nature having a dual nature of 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 a being afraid and doubt but the positive side of it the word is yira y-i-r-a-h yira meaning awe and trembling because you're never going to come into the presence of the father and not be awed and it caused your little pitiful body to shake. It will be scary. But that's a beautiful place to be in. When you feel the awe and the trembling, and the trembling might come first. But there's an awe that's going to follow the trembling. Woo. Oh, no. Do your best to hang in there. Do your best to hold on, man, because it's going to rock your world. But I guarantee you, your world will be shaken up for the best. Yeah. Amen. 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 Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you for those who have had an ear to hear today. I thank you for the word that you have delivered to them. And I trust and I know and I thank you for the boundaries that have been shaken and that have been torn down this day. Because of your word. And I ask that you bless these people as we leave this place. That you cause our world, our boundaries to be torn down. Cause us to see ourselves like we have never seen ourselves before. 
that we, that we may have a confidence to see others in the way that you will have us to see them. To know that this thing that I have in me, this salvation, this Holy Spirit is so precious in me. Too precious to hold on. I got to share it. To be delivered in a way that I've never delivered it before. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.